In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the internationally acclaimed OGGN HSE podcast heard in over 100 countries. Thanks to our sponsor, Anderson Hauser, a global leader in measurement instrumentation services and solutions for industrial process engineering. Anderson Hauser, the people for process automation. Please tell them thank you for sponsoring the show by going to our OGGN Anderson Hauser website, which you can find a link to in the show notes and register for our monthly giveaway there. All right, with that, today's show is focusing on the H in HSE. And not only does H stand for health today, but the H also stands for the holiday season. Uh, this podcast should be coming to you on the heels of our special OGGN Christmas episode. And I'm very excited to have as our guest today, the president and CEO of a company called Medical Bridges. Walter, thanks for coming on the show. Russell, it's a great privilege and a pleasure to be here with you on the HSE podcast. I love OGGN. Well, <laughs> we appreciate that. We were talking just before we started recording about how we were going to run with this thing. And, and you had listened to one of the previous podcasts. You classified me as a pro and I appreciate that. But just to show you how much of a pro I sometimes cannot be, I failed to ask you, Walter, how you pronounce your last name. No, you did fine. It's Walter Ulrich. And again, it's a privilege to be here. Happy holidays to everybody. Okay, Walter. I met you at the World Petroleum Congress last week. And I think I already said you're the president and CEO of Medical Bridges. So, Walter, tell us about yourself and tell us about Medical Bridges and tell us why you're at the World Petroleum Congress. Well, Medical Bridges collects and distributes donated medical supplies and equipment. And I'll tell you lots more about that in just a minute. Okay. The World Petroleum Congress comes around every three years. What an amazing opportunity for people th throughout the world in the energy industry to talk about what's important. And in fact, this year, one of the key subjects was sustainability. Medical Bridges really cares about HSE in general and certainly also in sustainability. So Russell, that's why we're there. Okay. All right. So what is Medical Bridges? Medical Bridges bridges the healthcare gap worldwide by procuring and distributing medical equipment and supplies to underserved communities, primarily in the developing world. I mean, think about this. In Houston, Texas, we have the largest medical center in the world. Also, we have a terrific port well-known for its amazing successes on international shipments. And Texans in general and Houstonians in particular are very, very philanthropic. But think about this. When you get surgery at the Texas Medical Center or any of the surrounding hospitals, you don't expect the equipment not to have the latest bells and whistles. And medical equipment is changing so rapidly that something that might have a 10, 15, 20-year life will no longer have the latest bells and whistles after three or four years. So if there wasn't a medical bridges, that stuff might end up in landfills. Similarly, if you have surgery or you visit your doctor, they put out all the instruments that they might possibly need. And if that surgery or procedure is 
routine, half the stuff they haven't used. And yet it doesn't make sense for them to try to re-inventory that because that was designed for your situation, your physician, your anesthesiologist, and so on. So again, they would throw that away. Since the pandemic broke out here in Houston, Medical Bridges has collected over 250 tons of high-quality medical equipment and supplies, and we've sent that to 25 developing countries, communities where if they have gloves at all, it's a luxury, and then they use them for an operation, diagnosis, or procedure, wash them, use them again, wash them and use them again, time and time again. So the needs in the developing world, especially in this era of COVID, are desperate. And Medical Bridges, with the help of Houstonians and Texans, fills that gap. Wow, that sounds very exciting. How long have you been doing this? Where did you get the vision for this? What's your background? (laughs) Great question. Well, first of all, the vision belongs to Patty Brock, Peggy Goats, and Hayne Blakely and John Collier. Patty Brock is our founder and chair, chairperson emeritus. She is an ER doc at MD Anderson Hospital. And 25 years ago, she went to El Salvador on a mission trip. And when she arrived to do her medical work and some surgery, they didn't even have gloves for her. So when she returned to Houston, she began putting boxes out in operating rooms and collecting what she could. With her guidance and vision, we now reached the point where we're sending 40 to 50 40-foot maritime containers a year of medical goods and supplies. As for me, Russell, I started out as a technologist. In fact, something every one of your listeners is using today, I was involved with making happen. I developed in Cupertino, California, the first commercially successful electronic mail service. I was there when electronic mail was kind of designed and developed for commercial use. I leveraged that technology knowledge into helping corporations take advantage of new technology, became a management consultant, a turnaround guy. And frankly, I was about to retire when I get this call about medical bridges. My mom was a World War II nurse in combat. My wife is a nurse. She's a nurse educator now. And when I was given the opportunity to become part of an organization that directly improves people's health around the world and saves lives, I could no longer think about retiring. I could not turn it down. I've been here three years, and it is joyful and satisfying. Oh, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. There's challenges getting things into developing into the developing world. And with COVID, all nonprofits have had to overcome some obstacles. But I love coming to work every day. Well, that's great. And you just you just kind of segued into my next question because you said how many tons of containers did you say? On a typical year, we'll send out 40 to 50 maritime containers. Last year, that translated into 149 tons. We'll probably do 125 to 150 tons this year. The average audited wholesale value of that volume is about seven and a half million US dollars. So it's substantial. In addition, Medical Bridges has been the safety valve for Houston. After Harvey came in, Medical Bridges was the first organization to donate medical supplies to the George R. Brown Convention Center for the healthcare workers there to treat the refugees from the flooding. 
And we responded, and we responded most recently, putting together a clinic in a box, fully equipped to be shipped to the earthquake zone in Haiti. So we're aware the need is greatest, and we help out our fellow Houstonians. During the peak of COVID, we donated 131,000 masks to 86 locations in 35 counties in Texas. There are 3 million rural Texans and pre-COVID 540,000 were in poverty. When a rural clinic closes, people die. And we were able to donate masks so some of those clinics could stay open and serve their communities. Oh, that's great. And going back to Harvey, for those listening in other parts of the world, that was a very devastating hurricane that hit Houston and the flooding was unprecedented, to say the least. So the logistics on being able to do all this has got to be overwhelming. Tell us how you do that. Well, there are two parts of the logistics. There's the pre-shipping and then the shipping part. You know, think about how many steps there are to have relationships with hospitals and doctors and dentists so they're willing to donate stuff. For us bringing in this collection of stuff, often thrown in boxes in no particular order, to sort through all that material, identify the good things, the things that are safe to use, and then put them into an inventory system so we can identify and find them when we're filling in a, the need in a developing world or for that matter, in rural Texas, right? So that's one part of it. When it comes to equipment, we have a biomedical technician on staff. So every piece of equipment we get, we run all the diagnostics and do some more things than that before we'll put a label on it so that it can be shipped internationally. You know, Medical Bridges has a best-in-class logistics systems for what we kind of do, especially considering we never have a purchase order. So imagine building a logistics systems without a purchase order. Now, the second part of that is shipping. When Dorian happened in 2019, we put together two clinics in a box. These are two 40-foot containers that are totally equipped. They look like doctor's offices. They have paddling, they have plumbing, they have cabinetry. These are done by Texas A&M students. And then we put the equipment in it and three 40-foot containers of supplies. That's probably three quarters of a million dollars worth. And we just called a shipper and they shipped it. Now in the era of COVID-19, we put together a container, a clinic in a box for Haiti. You might recall that their president was assassinated in mid-July. The earthquake was in mid-August. We had this clinic ready to go in the mid-September, and it is still sitting in our lot, and we think we're close to getting a shipping slot. So what used to take three to four weeks once we loaded it on a container to get to its destination is now taking 10 to 12 weeks. And what used to cost Medical Bridges or a partner $3,500 to $4,000 is now costing from $6,500 up to the medical supplies we're sending to a women's and children's hospital in Kabul. The shipment, just the shipment alone is ten grand. 
Hey, it's Mark LaCour, Editor-in-Chief here at OGGN. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to share a couple of things for December. First is no industry mixer. We'll pick those back up in January. Second, from myself and from my entire OGGN team, we want to wish each and every one of you happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, a wonderful New Year's. Everybody stay safe. We're really looking forward to hitting 2022 with all of you. So thank you for being listeners. Have a great holiday. Have a great end of the year. Yeah, for those, especially here in the United States and this inflationary cycle we're hitting right now, a lot of people don't realize one of the biggest reasons for that is because of these shipping costs and everything, which this show's not political in nature, but it is kind of puzzling as to why that has happened and why those prices have skyrocketed the way they do. It's got to be a real strain. You mentioned you are a nonprofit organization. That's got to be a real strain on the organization. And what about your finances? How do you pay for all this? Well, we're financed in two different ways. 50% of our funding comes from philanthropy. That's not unusual for a nonprofit. And the other 50% of our funding comes from partners in other parts of the world who are resident on the ground in different countries trying to do important things. And they help pick up the price of the actual physical shipping and maybe some of our processing costs. So those partnerships are valuable. And from those partners' point of view, you think about it this way. They may spend a total of $25,000, a little helping us with our costs and then the actual shipment. But they're delivering to the place where they're resident a quarter of a million dollars worth of materials. So they can tell their donors for every dollar that they get from their donor, they can give $10 worth of medical supplies and equipment on the ground to people, often equipment that's not available otherwise in the country at any price. Well, now that sounds like a great return. You know, there there are a lot of nonprofits out there who ask for donations and find out a lot of times that the way they handle their finances and whatnot, what you just mentioned about for every dollar you get 10, sometimes that ratio is unfortunately exactly the opposite. I get phone calls all the time at home. And the first question I ask someone who's who's calling that it sounds like I might be interested is what percent of the funding goes to the mission? And by law, they have to tell you and, you know, anybody above about 66% goes to mission is pretty good. But I've had people call me, especially for things like police groups and stuff like that, where the amount that goes to funding is 4%. 96% wow. goes to pay people. So I'd urge your readers to, to always ask that question. And if they don't answer the question, hang up the phone. In Medical Bridges' case, Charity Navigator goes through the official tax returns of all nonprofits, and then they rate them for their efficiency and effectiveness. And out of 20,000 nonprofits in Houston, Medical Bridges was rated number six by Charity Navigator. Wow, that's impressive. Well, we're really glad you came on the show today. Now, you may have already partially answered this question. So you, you send this stuff to Haiti or Kabul or or even, as you said, rural Texas or whatever. Who do you work with or, or who's in charge of getting this? And once you get it to them, then how do they do it? Yeah, I mean, part of the work we do with many of the partners, we've been in 90 countries. We've done over $100 million worth of materials since we were founded, 24 and a half. So next year is our silver anniversary, everybody. Stay tuned. Congratulations. 
Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, we, we work with partners underground. We can't know intimately the culture of 90 countries. And our belief is, and I think many, many of the organizations, oil and gas companies feel the same way. If you don't respect the culture, you're not doing the right thing. Best intentions don't count. You must do well, do it right, and do it respectfully. So we always look for a partner on the ground, someone who's resident there, who knows that. And then we work with them to assess whether the clinic or hospital that we're supporting is actually able to use the material. You know, if they don't have consistent power, well, there's some equipment like x-ray machines we can't, it doesn't make any sense to send them. They can't deploy those effectively. They don't have the right training. In some countries, we want to make sure that we don't clean something before we send it with alcohol. In other countries, we don't want to send high quality gowns because those countries are trying to create a textile industry And their textile industry they're trying to create can't compete with free, right? So that respect requires partnerships on the ground. Now, we're very fortunate in that we have some oil and gas partners. When you, you know, you know as well as all your listeners know that for oil and gas companies that are performing and working in the developing world, they have community reinvestment requirements. And so they're required to invest in their communities as a way of thanking the host country for the opportunity to do business there. And what better way to do that than to equip a local clinic or a local hospital in the area where they're doing their work? It's very high return. It's very efficient. It creates enormous goodwill. The gift, if they work with us, that gift will not be diverted to someplace where it helps create wealth for a few people, but not serve the local community. So, you know, Medical Bridges is a very reliable partner to support community reinvestment throughout the developing world. That's great. There was an event at the World Petroleum Congress last week. There was a breakfast and Rex Tillerson, the former chairman of ExxonMobil, and also, I think they said 69th Secretary of State here in the United States. Yeah, and an Eagle Scout. And an Eagle, that's absolutely right. And an Eagle Scout. In fact, he was president of Boy Scouts Association, I think, while he was still chairman of ExxonMobil. And they asked him, said, why do you take on something like this? Essentially, his answer was because it's the right thing to do. And he talked about it. And of course, OGGN, we're great advocates for for the oil and gas industry. I don't think the industry probably does as good a job as it should in getting the message out about how the oil and gas industry is bringing these developing countries you're talking about out of poverty. And they do these things. It's not because it's a requirement, but because as Tillerson said, it's the right thing to do. The oil and gas industry doesn't get its due, I think, like it should in a lot of these circumstances. Well, you, you know, here in Houston, just use one of many, many examples. Chevron is a great community supporter here in Houston. They support the annual marathon every year, which is one of the most prestigious marathons in the world. But they also have partnered with us in several countries around the world. In Angola, for example, the maternal death rate at birth is 30 to 40 times what it is in the U.S., And the baby death rate at birth, that is those first four weeks, is five times what it is in U.S. So where we take having babies is a joyful thing. In fact, one of my colleagues just had a 
seven-pound beautiful baby boy? Well, in the developing world, it is a high-risk effort. And so partnering with Chevron, we were able to deliver over a million dollars worth of medical equipment and supplies for one purpose and one purpose only. And that is to keep mommies and babies alive for four weeks. Because if they can survive those first four weeks, then the likelihood of survival goes way up. So again, Chevron is one example. We've been talking with Apache about doing something in the Dominican Republic. So this is, again, highly visible and life-saving, a life-saving effort by the oil and gas industry to make people healthier so they can live good lives, have good jobs, get educated, and often to save a life. Well, that's a great good news story, perfect for this holiday season. And I was glad I met you in time so that we could get it in during this holiday season. If folks want to If they want to know more about medical bridges, and I'm fairly sure there are those out there who will, the thing to do is, I guess, go to your website? Absolutely. www.medicalbridges, that's one word, medicalbridges.org. Great place to learn about medical bridges and what we do. We always welcome volunteers. For those of you that are in the Houston area, If you're doing a team building, bring over a dozen or 15 people and help us sort. It's easy. It's fun. And what our volunteers touch are ultimately touched. So you're reaching across the seas by healthcare heroes somewhere else to improve health or save a life. And like every nonprofit, uh, you know, your dollar with Medical Bridges will send, well, $50 with Medical Bridges will send a box of medical equipment and supplies somewhere in the world where it's needed. So yeah, www.medicalbridges.org. Okay. We will put that link to your website in the show notes. Also, we'll include, I assume you're on LinkedIn? Yes, sir. Well, we'll put your LinkedIn contact in the show notes as well. And before we wind this down here, Walter, anything else you want to say? Russell, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to talk to your audience. Uh, I really appreciate all that OGGN does. And to you, OGGN, and to all your listeners, have a great 2022. We deserve a good year ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, maybe we, can, maybe we can get one under our belts after the last couple of years. Well, again, Walter, I appreciate you coming on the show. Also, I assume on that website, that's where you can also donate, right? Amen. Donations were greatly appreciated. And during this holiday season and time of gift giving for so many people, this would be a great gift to give. So I'm really excited to hear about this project and this organization. And I hope everyone else is too, because I want to thank everyone for listening. And again, remind you that this podcast would not be possible if it were not for our sponsor, Anderson Hauser, providing process solutions for measurement of flow, level, pressure, temperature, analytics, and much more, optimizing processes and efficiency, safety, and environmental impact. Follow them on both LinkedIn and Twitter, and those links are also in the show notes. Tune in again next week for another episode of Anderson Hauser's Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen to. Like us on LinkedIn and use all of your social networking to tell your friends about us. And we'll see you next time. 
Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.